Rowan Radio On Demand. On Demand. Download more podcasts at wgls.rowan.edu. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. WGLS-FM now presents Educational Forum. This program is designed to keep our listeners informed of events in the ever-changing world of education. Tonight on Educational Forum, we would like you to meet an exchange student from Uganda who is studying presently in Salem Tech. His name is John Masoki, and he will be interviewed by Dr. Berger Mixvall, Professor of Education, and Mr. Marius Livingston, Associate Professor of Social Studies, both of Glassboro State College. Without further ado, let me introduce John Masoki, who will introduce his country. Well, thank you very much. And to all of you who are listening to me, I'm glad to have this opportunity uh, to speak to you and tell you about my country. Uh, it's really a great pleasure that I'm talking to people who are really involved and who are, who are uh, our friends as Uganda, who contributed a lot to celebrate our independence in 1962. Uh, Uganda is uh, a small nation, a young nation, which became independent uh, in 1962, after being under British administration for 65 years, the country is found between latitude 5 north and 2 south and longitude 28 and 40 east. It is 94,000 square miles and from north to south it's 400 miles and from east to west, it's 350 miles. It's bordered by Tanganyika on the south, uh, Republic of the Congo on the west, Kenya on the east, Sudan on the north. Uh, it's uh, a land of fertile valleys, uh, towering snow-capped mountains, uh, thick forests, and vast plains, uh, great lakes with magnificent uh, waterfalls. These, with all the amount of rainfall, with a lot of rainfall which falls almost all the year round, makes the country look green all the year round. Uh, its population is 7 million people, and this constitutes a diversity of tribes with so many languages. Uh, how many uh, tribes do you say you have? I thought you told me once about how many tribes and languages you had. Uh, we have 20 tribes speaking different dialects, mm -hmm. but uh, there are uh, about six major languages. Uh, when I say major languages, I mean major. Uh, uh, languages widely spoken in the country. Yeah. And how many languages do you know of those? Well. I'm afraid I, I only know three of those. Three. Yeah. Three of the six? Three. Uh, three of the, you know, of the 20. Of the 20, is yeah. that right? Yeah. Well, that really makes it, uh, I suppose, uh, rather difficult to live in, in Uganda, doesn't it, and when, you, when it's so hard to communicate? 
Well, yes. It, well, at first sight, at first sight, sounds like that. Uh -huh. But because uh, a great number of people speak English, uh, you can easily communicate with the people, especially if you live in the cities and towns. Mm -hmm. But if you go down in villages, you will find trouble, you know, to communicate with the the unsophisticated people. Oh, what what is the official language, John? Is it is it English? Or is it oh, uh, one of the major? English languages? is the official language. Like at the post office and government buildings, English yes, is... Yes, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for higher education. Oh, I think this is a point uh, uh, worth making. From what grade level on is English used as a language of instruction can, uh, in the schools? Can you tell us that? Oh, yes. Uh, kids from the age of six, when they go to school, yes. they learn in their vernaculars, you know, in their mother languages up to the age of 12. In other words, for the first six years of school, they learn in their dialects. So they learn, they use English from the 12th yeah, year on? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I see. Now, how many, how, how large percentage of the people are going to school now? Do you know that? Well, I'm not sure. I can't tell you for certain mm -hmm. how many go to school. But roughly, uh, 40%. 40? Yeah. 40%? Yeah. Would you say that there are about as many girls as boys that have the opportunity to go to school now, or is there a difference there? Well, so much depends on whether the parents can afford paying for the education of the children. But uh, both girls and boys, you know, have the same opportunity to go to school. Also, as far as parents are concerned, yeah. or the parents don't they feel that they need to educate the boys first? Well, it used to be like that. Uh -huh. But these days, every parent is realizing that uh, uh, well, they should give the equal opportunities for their parents, I mean, for their children. Now John, uh, I have always been wondering about one uh, matter, one point that you can clear perhaps for us. Are the schools public schools or are they um, uh, operated and financed by religious organizations? Now, I believe that uh, Betty Bow, who went to Uganda a couple of years ago and is still there now teaching, one of our alumni teaching over there, I believe she's not in a government school, but one run by one of the religious organizations. Can you... Uh, what, what is the what is this story on that? Are well, most of the schools public, or are many of them or not? What's the story? The situation is like this. When these schools were first started, they were built by the missionaries, and each... Uh, denomination had to uh, establish uh, you know, its own schools. So some, you find some schools belong to, uh, to the Muslims, some to Roman Catholics, and some to uh, Protestants. But uh, since we had independence, the government has changed all these, and these schools now are under, are operated by the government now, uh, so that uh, they are not uh, run on religious basis as it used to be, as it was at the beginning. Uh, do you know if uh, whether or not the Kibuli school is a Muslim-operated school? Or do you know that? Uh, no, I don't know. But, but in any case, it would be government-supervised, is that correct? Yes, yes, I that's think. right. That, this is a change, then, from what it used to be, is that yes. correct? Mm, I see. Um, can you tell us a little about the main subjects in uh, in uh, the, the schools? There is a, is the school is the curriculum very much the same as it is here, or is there any great difference? 
what do you exactly want me to tell you? Uh, what, what they are learning, what subjects secondary. they are in, in secondary schools, yes, in secondary schools. For example, when it comes to language, uh, do they learn uh, the, the similar kind of foreign languages that they learn here? Or what is the main emphasis? Well, the main emphasis is to give students, to give pupils edu general education from the first year of school up to college level. And uh, during these years, you don't learn any other language apart from English. Only English. Only English. Mm -hmm. But when you go to college, you may start another language. It's just optional. Uh, and when you go to university, then it's uh, a, pre a prerequisite for certain, for certain subjects, you know, for certain courses. Mm. For instance, if you want to take medicine, uh, you've got to know a bit of German or French. Uh, if you want to take law, you've got to know a bit of Latin. But otherwise, you can go through uh, your high school without knowing, without learning any other language apart from English. Do they have a lot of science now in uh, in the high schools? Yes, they do. And they seem to be improving, seem to be coming more of, more of that now than they used oh, yes, to? Yes, yes. The facilities are now better than you know, they were, say, 10 years ago. Uh, I'd like to know, John, about your work at Salem. Could you give us a, uh, some information about uh, what you're doing at Salem and the uh, importance of your visit or your stay there, I should say, your study there? Well, my work at CELN uh, is mainly concerned with the making of scientific apparatus, uh, mainly making chemistry apparatus, for instance, beakers, uh, test tubes, condensers, uh, mercury pump, uh, and uh, other special apparatus which might be required by chemists and uh, uh, science researchers. Uh, and uh, what is more important is if I get this training, I go through this training, I'll be able to go back and uh, do some repair work, mainly in the lab where I used to work, before I came over here. This is your first, I don't want to interrupt you, this is your first year and you... This is my first year. And you're going to stay one more, is that it? Yes, so that, it's a two-year course. Oh, I see. To complete your course will take two years altogether. That's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when I go back, I'll work in the lab and I'll be able to give some instruction to other people uh, in, the, you know, in the making of simple apparatus and in the repairing of you know, damaged apparatus. I assume that uh, there's no similar school at all in, in all of Uganda, as, such as uh, the Salem School down here in New Jersey. Is that correct? Am I correct? Mike? That's true. In fact, there's no other school which gives a full program in scientific glass blowing in the whole free world. In the whole free world? Yeah. Other there's, than in Salem? Yeah, other than I Salem. That's fascinating, yes. And in fact, for your information, there is none in, in the United States. You mean the Salem School is the only one in the United States? That's right. Which certainly makes it and unique. And the whole free world. <laughs> yes. There are some schools in uh, East German yes. and West German, but you can't benefit uh, from these schools unless you speak German. Yes, I see. Well, I, I think uh, it's been a, a remarkably fortunate thing for you and uh, for your country that you were able to come and take advantage of this only school. Yes, exactly. Is there a possibility that... Uh, under your direction, sooner or later, a similar school or some kind of 
teaching institute in this field could be started in Uganda. I wonder if you knew, I suppose you do know, that we sent over as part of our project in 62 quite a good deal of the glassware, uh, several dozen boxes uh, of such like glassware as you're using, in fact, the very same kinds of things. Yeah. Well, in any case, is there a possibility that you might uh, start a similar school in uh, Uganda and make it the first in East Africa, as I assume it would be? So much will depend upon the demand of uh, scientific glass blower. Mm -hmm. If there's uh, a great demand, I think I'll start this, but not on a professional level, you know, just giving inst instruction for people to be able to do simple work. But you see, you um, plan to uh, do some service to the industry in uh, in Uganda, don't you? To start some kind of industry, uh, uh, isn't it your plan to do that? Well, no, no. not really. Uh, for one reason is that the work I'm doing is not deep enough uh -huh. to qualify me to start this kind of industry. Because before I can start this kind of industry, I have to know, you know a good deal of uh, glass technology, which requires more study, which requires, I think, a four-year you know, course to do this uh, professional course, I think I would say. To what extent do you have any, any industry in Uganda now? Uh, is there, are they building out uh, any kind of modern industry? Oh yes, the, but uh, most of them are still in their uh, initial stages. Mm -hmm. But the chances for uh, industrializing the country you know, hold good mm -hmm. because we have all the raw materials required for which are the main raw materials you do have in Uganda? Could you remind uh, us of that? We have copper, yes. we have uh, uh, tin, uh, phosphates for fertilizers, uh, we have uh, other uh, minerals you know, scattered here and there, yes. but those are the main ones. Copper and tin are the most important? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. But the other industries which uh, I have in mind may be uh, agriculture, for agricultural products. In connection with this uh, um, industry and uh, labor, I wonder whether you would uh, be able to tell us something about uh, how people in Uganda value manual labor. Uh, do they have any respect for manual labor, or are you trying to avoid it? Well, yes, some people, especially those who have uh, acquired good education, don't like to do manual labor because people who don't have chances to go to school or to get a good education are the people who are drafted into manual labor and they don't get the uh, respect for what you give people doing manual labor here. Did you say they are drafted into manual yeah, labor? Yeah. They don't uh, really come and apply for a job? Is that it? Probably I, might, I might have used the wrong word, but uh -huh. the people, they, they are the people who go and work. Yeah. For you know, in, in these uh, low-income uh, jobs, I would say, uh, because they don't they don't have any alternative. They don't have chances to go and work in the offices or go and do professional work. Um, so the only way they can earn a living is to do manual labor. Uh, m most people in Uganda, they they are probably in agriculture, aren't they? Yeah. So they are manual laborers. So so. Uh, no, no do, do they, are they unhappy because they are uh, farmers, for example? 
doing farming? Do they look down upon themselves for being employed in, in farming or in manual labor? No, they are not any happy. In fact, some of them are happy because they, well, they can get uh, out of, they can get enough uh, for their living out of what they grow. Mm -hmm. But sometimes they are unhappy when the prices of for crops, you know, fluctuate, then they don't get good return from what they grow. But this is, uh, well, I wouldn't uh, state it generally that they are, some are unhappy, some are happy. So it depends upon how much you, 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 how much you raise. Or if you raise enough to make up for a living, that's good. But some people uh, are just little. They don't raise enough to make up for a living. Oh, I think uh, I have to ask the probably inevitable question, um, somewhat hackneyed to be sure, but uh, what is your reaction during this first year of your stay here to America? Would you mind being critical of us for a few minutes? Uh, what have you observed here that you like, and what have you seen that you uh, like less? I think this is sometimes very useful to be told by an outsider, uh, by, by a guest, by a friend who is visiting. What do you think of uh, not only, uh, the United States in this country? Could you make any comments at all? Well, yes, I think I'm in a position to make any comment, though it may be, I may be prejudiced. Uh, for one reason, because I haven't traveled uh, much. All I know is just uh, uh, life in Glasgow, which may be different from life say, in uh, Los Angeles, life in uh, Chicago. I'm but sure I'm, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I really like Glasgow for one reason, that I've been received in Glasgow by many people. They have shown me uh, great kindness. They have received me with open arms and they are helping me in any way they can. Whenever I have travel and go somewhere else, uh, tell him that this is my travel. Well, he's always ready to help me. And the other thing I've, you know, I like about the United States is that the facilities for recreation are pretty good, except if you have money. That's one thing. If you have money, you can enjoy yourself. But if you don't have money, then life is really boring. I mean, this would be, this is more true than in Uganda. Are you saying that in Uganda, it wouldn't be quite so important to have money to, for recreational purposes and to enjoy yourself than you do here? Is that the comparison you're making? Not as much money as you, as you need here. The emphasis is... Because the standard of living yes. is not as high yes. as it is here. Yes, I'm sure that's true. Um, I would like to ask one other question about that. Um, you can answer or not as you prefer. Uh, have you encountered any prejudice at all in, uh, as the, in your stay in this country so far? Prejudice? Yes, yes, have you. As you know, and this is one of our big domestic problems, and it's of course a world problem, not just an American problem, but have you encountered any prejudice that, uh, of any significance? Well, what kind of prejudice you... Well, for example, in terms of services or uh, being snubbed in socially by someone, or being uh, being um, made not so comfortable—that kind of thing, you know. Have you had any of that experience? Yes, but uh, that's true in life. When you you, you know you, everybody is not going, is not going to be as good. You are not expecting everybody to you know treat you fairly. Mm. That's true. If ten people 
will treat you well. I, I, I mean, uh, nine out of ten, you know, yes. might give you fair treatment, and one person, you know, might treat you unfairly. But generally, uh, I've been well treated. Well, I think it speaks well for this part of the country, don't you? Yeah, I, I think it all, also speaks well for John, who doesn't count the tenth one. Yes, I'm sure that's true. <laughs> Definitely. Could you tell us a little also about the difference between the American family and their family in Uganda? I know they have an interesting system of uh, clan and uh, family relationships uh, within the clan and so on. Can you tell us a little about that, John? Oh, yes. Uh, the Uganda family actually is, uh, goes back to our social organization before the white people uh, went to Uganda. Before the arrival of the white people, we are living in family, I mean in tribal groupings. Each tribe occupied a certain area of the country, and uh, we are just working together you know, co in cooperation so as for, the, for our well-being of the country. People are just doing work in, uh, I don't know what I shall put it, just communal work. For instance, if you, you wanted to uh, clear uh, you know, uh, a road, people would come together and work uh, and share the work. Then if you wanted to build a house, you'd ask your friends to come and uh, you know, share the work, then you erect a house. But since the arrival of the British people, things changed. People start thinking in, in terms of their families. In other words, I mean, people start, you know, direct their attention to members of the family. You mean the tribal pattern broke down? Yeah, what you're saying? to some extent. Some extent, it's yeah. still there to, to some degree. Yeah. Okay. Now you find that in the home, the father or the husband is responsible for the matters affecting the, the whole family. He's the... Uh, the supporter of the family, but the children and the wife uh, help in the raising of food. This is, uh, this actually uh, is limited to people in the village because people in the city uh, buy food from uh, grocery shops and things like that. But in, in the village, the parents and the children share the work of uh, raising food, cleaning the house, and uh, preparing food. Then, I don't know what, 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 I shall, uh, what I more that, I shall say about I, the family. Could I inject uh, one question that will interest me here? The breakdown of the tribal pattern that you talked about, if I understand you correctly, uh, this, I presume, was uh, perhaps inevitable as a consequence of the coming of the British. Is it by and large, has it been by and large a good thing for your country, or are you suggesting or are you hinting that this has not been, this, this, tri this tribal, this breakdown tribal pattern has not been altogether a blessing. Do you follow me? Well, there are some advantages and disadvantages of it. Yes, yes. At the moment, I think it's a, a good thing because it encourages everybody to work uh, so that you can get money to support your family and you don't depend on other people's, you know. You mean there's more individual responsibility now yeah, than there yeah, used to be? Yeah. I see, I see that. What role does the clan play in... Uh, Uganda, the clan, concept of clan, is that just tribe? The, the same as 
Yes, well, the tribe. Uh, within, within the tribes, there are clans. Uh-huh. And uh, the, in the clan, members of the same clan regard themselves as brothers and sisters. And uh, intermarriages within the clan is uh, prohibited. This actually helps uh, for people. I think it helps for people to, you know, to, uh, to keep their traditional uh, identity. I think that's, what, that's the, the whole thing, the whole idea behind this. People to identify themselves as members of this of clan. The and the, yeah, clan. Yeah. Are there, um, how many uh, people might, might there be uh, uh, within a clan? Several thousand? Would there be a large, a large group as a clan? Well, they are of different sizes. Different sizes. Yeah. But then there's no uh, marriage within the clan. No, not at all. So they have to go outside to another clan yeah. to, when they are getting married. Yes. And you can easily identify because the uh, parents give names to kids by the clan, you know, by the name within the clan. You can tell, I can easily tell by hearing the name of uh, a member of my clan. I can tell, I can identify him as a member of my clan by, by hearing the name. Is that, a, is that a first name or a second name or a third name? That's uh, a clan name? It's the second name. The second name is a clan yeah. name. What's the yeah. first name? The first name, the Christian name. Uh-huh. The second name, the clan name. The third name, the family name. The third name, the family name. Yeah. Now all this is gradually disappearing though. Are you suggesting, are you telling us that? This clan and tribal system is gradually passing away? No, 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 not, not this. No, no, not, not the clan system or tribal system. But the, the uh, social organization which existed uh, within the tribe, yes. it's, it's that one which I am telling you that is yes. disappearing because well, of the coming of the white people, yes, and the white rich people. The coming of a more modern economy, I yeah. suppose. But uh, if once that breaks down, isn't the tri- whole tribal pattern likely to change and ultimately perhaps disappear? Or haven't you, have, has there been no uh, I haven't indication of that? this. Yes, I've noticed this, but I think it won't because mm-hmm. people are now going back to uh, preserving and observing these traditions so as to identify themselves as, uh, as a nation or as a tribe within a, a, a nation. This is really it's amazing that uh, when people get independence, they have this pride you know, of identifying themselves as a nation, and within the nation, people try to identify themselves as a tribe. Though it's bad for the uh, progress of the country, because it's no good thinking in terms of tribes uh, when you are building a nation. But it's probably very good for the morale, isn't it? It's a morale building, though, isn't it? Yes, it is, because the raising of children, you know, vary within uh, different tribes. I think the population of Uganda, if I remember correctly, is about seven million. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. And um, is it growing rapidly, or is Uganda does it have a comparatively stable population? Uh, it's, it's going fairly rapidly. Fairly the, rapidly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I think the uh, pop, the growth of population is about three percent. Three. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This is due, uh, I presume, to uh, better nutrition and uh, um, better medical services and the like, uh, or what? Yes, due to, uh, it's due to better sanitary conditions, yes, yeah, yes. the improvement of sanitary conditions, mm-hmm. and uh, the growth of, you know, of uh, family income, because if you get enough family income, you mm-hmm. can afford buying all the desk necessities for life. Do you have some uh, idea or some figure 
about uh, the uh, average family income? Uh, is there, are there any such figures available for Uganda? No, annual no I don't have any. It's probably hard to come by, yes. I can't tell you offhand. Yes, yeah. yes. But it's probably increased uh, considerably over the last five, ten years, hasn't it? Oh, yes, sure. Yes. It has increased. Then, of course, all this uh, new education which is coming has certainly helped the productivity of the people, has it not? More schools. There is a university, I believe, at Makerere, is it not? Uh, we have three universities. Oh, three? Three, not in Uganda, but in East Africa. These universities are run on an uh, inter interterritorial basis. Mm -hmm. This means that each territory uh, contributes for the maintenance of these univers three universities. Yes, and uh, they form what, they, what, what we call the University of East Africa. Oh, the yes. other are just uh, sister colleges. And uh, each, each college offers a different set of courses. So if you want medicine, you go to Uganda. If you want law, you go to Tanganyika. And if you want... That's at Nairobi? Yeah, no, that's in... in uh, Tanganyika, that's Dasalam University, Dasalam College in oh, Tanganyika. Yes, yes. Then if you want uh, to pursue engineering uh, course, uh, you go to Nairobi, that's in Kenya. In Kenya, yeah. of course. Yes. So there is a uh, well, migration of people from Kenya to Uganda, from people from Tanganyika to Uganda, people from Uganda to Kenya. Well, actually, it isn't Tanganyika, Tanganyika at all anymore, is it? It's, it was a Tanzania now? Yeah, yes. yeah. It's Tanganyika and, uh, and what is the other one? Uh, Zanzibar, Zanzibar yeah. Tanganyika and Zanzibar, yeah. yes. But uh, the how large, just to uh, get some idea about this, how large is the university that you have, or that part, that branch of it, at um, uh, Kampala, at the Makerere University? In terms of students, how about how many students would you find there? Uh, at the moment, I think there are about uh, twelve hundred students. Yeah. Yes. And this is this also still connected with the University of London in England? It was at one time, wasn't it? Yes, it was uh, uh, affiliated with the affiliated, yes. uh, with the London University. But uh, uh, since uh, 1962, it became a separate university and it's going to award its own degrees. Since independence then? Yeah. I see. You still have a lot of uh, contact with Great Britain, culturally changed or things like that? Yes, we do. Because we are in the British Commonwealth. And uh, though we had independence, the British people still living in Uganda. Many of them are still uh, in Uganda. And some of them have become Ugandan citizens. So Uganda is not really pure an African state. It's just a state composed of so many nationalities. I want to thank you, John, and Dr. Mixwell and Mr. Livingston, for such a thorough interview and interesting discussion. I'm sure we have all learned a great deal from this discussion, which should help us all to broaden our outlook on the different cultures of the world. This has been Educational Forum, a presentation of WGLS-FM, Glassboro State College.